0: This week, we give advice on how to get the best car loan, we discuss rising fuel prices, the Genesis G70, and we answer viewer questions next on Talking Cars. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I'm Mike Monticello. I'm Mike Quincy. And I'm Keith Barry. And speaking of welcoming, uh, we want to welcome Keith Berry to the podcast. Uh, Keith's been working at Consumer Reports for a few months now. But this is his first time on the podcast, so welcome, Keith. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and about your car background. And don't leave out the part where you explain why you love weird French cars so much.
1: Of course. Yeah. So I've been uh, writing about cars and doing some consumer advocacy journalism for about a decade now. And I'm really excited to be here at CR uh, and to be on this great podcast that I've, uh, that I've listened to and now I get to be a part of. And as for the, as for the, the Renault medallion, I think you're, that's what you're asking about. Sure. One of my father's co-workers had one when I was growing up and I loved that car uh, until it burned to the ground. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a really cool car. Like, five-year-old Keith thought that it was, it was the coolest thing ever. Awesome. It was weird. That, it was French. That car is hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, go exactly. yeah, yeah, it melted before it could rust. Yeah. So.
0: Well, we got a lot of things to get to. A lot of tops. Got a full docket today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking, something's a little off here with, between us. Yeah, I, um, I th-
2: Oh, that, look at that. doesn't not feel better. You know, that feels better. So doesn't sometimes, super yeah. producer Dave Abrams say, "Come on, nerds, study up." Yeah. So here we are, yeah. studying. I'm, up. I'm
0: embracing what you guys <laughs> bring to the table. Bring your. But inner seriously nerd. though, uh, we do have uh, a lot of things to get to, and one of the things we want to talk about first uh, is, it's you know it's it's spring, so um, road trip season is coming up soon with the summer, mm-hmm. and as usual, prices are gas prices are on the rise again. Now this seems to happen just about every summer. Uh, The US Energy Information Administration projects regular gasoline will average 274 a gallon nationally this summer, up from 241 a gallon last. So it's not just up for uh, the summer season, it's up compared to last year as well. Now, there's some reasons for that. One is uh, the EIA says it's primarily due to the result of higher crude oil prices. But there's also, uh, a lot of people might think, maybe they just jack it up every summer.
1: It's a conspiracy. It, it always seems like that, right, doesn't, doesn't it? Because, yeah, it's a conspiracy. Oh, well, they're going to
0: drive a lot more, so we're going to jack up right. the prices. But actually, there's, uh, they're required by the Clean Air Act, the refiners, to produce this summer blend, which helps uh, reduce pollution, in, especially in the cities. So that's, and that, it costs more so they to make that blend. So can do the changeover. Blend. Yeah, yeah. It, it, usually that season is from like April to September. So that's another reason why it costs a little more. But, um, and of course, also there's market volatility and all that stuff.. Yeah. But uh, Quince, you know, what would you suggest to people if they're going to be doing some road
2: tripping? How can they try and save money uh, on fuel this summer? Well, sure. I mean, usually, uh, historically speaking, when gas prices go up, people, there's practically a stampede uh, of people running to the dealers. And it's like, oh my gosh, I have to get a hybrid. I have to get like Toyota Prius or something like that. And, and, because that's, you know, that'll obviously save you money if your car is more fuel efficient. Um, but, and right now actually is a great time. To go and buy a smaller car or a hybrid, because they're just going begging. Because everyone is is talking about uh, you know buying SUVs and stuff like that. And I have to say that uh, and, you know the road trip that that my family and I took about three years ago. We took the Ford Expedition that Consumer Reports tested. We rented a massive thirty foot trailer and hit the road for three weeks. And honestly, after about three weeks on the road towing that trailer with that truck, we spent about. $700 wow. in fuel. Yeah. So that will, that's that a will, big rig. Oh, that'll definitely make you think twice about how much you need an SUV. Yeah, you got any
0: uh, summer road tripping stories where you spend a ton of money on fuel?
1: Actually, I didn't spend a ton of money on fuel oh. because before the last time that gas prices spiked, I bought a Prius. Uh, it was an 04. I got it around 07, 08, right before the prices really went crazy. And I didn't even notice. I mean, everyone I knew, you know, they were, you know, paying 50 bucks when they were used to paying 30. And I, I really didn't notice. I, I drove from, from Boston to Atlanta and back. And uh, I got about 44 miles a gallon. Uh, I mean, it was a little marginally more expensive. Uh, I mean, the, the downside is the car wasn't the most powerful, uh, but it was comfy and I saved a ton of money. Yeah. And uh, that's. You know, again, it, it's you buy that car now when the prices aren't quite high. You know,
0: there's other things you can do too. I mean, you know, um, you know, not everyone's just going to go out and buy a a more fuel efficient car for the summer, right? Mm-hmm. So there's other things you can do. For instance, you know, a lot of people might think they need to put premium fuel in their car, and you don't need to. We've done tests on this where we've compared vehicles on running them both on premium and on regular gas with cars that you know. Uh, and we try to find out is there any difference between and we found there was basically no difference when the car is recommended to run premium versus uh, with both acceleration and fuel economy. Now, if your car so in other words, if your car is just recommended to run premium, we would say just go with the regular if it's required. By the manufacturer, that that's a different story. And check how you your find, check How your is owner's the, manu- the
1: user going to find that out?
0: Well, you, owner's manual or is the is the best place to go. But you can also look on the fuel door, and it's going to say they are either recommended, required, right. or it's not going to say anything right. at all. And in which th- case, just run regular fuel.
2: And that could affect your your buying decision. Yeah, you, you go shopping for a car. And, and ask the salesperson, what kind of fuel is it? T-? Is it require premium? Because right. that's right. that's going to hit
1: you more in the wallet more. And some cars have different fuel requirements <clears throat> for different engines and different right. trim levels, too. Yeah. So keep that in
0: mind. Yeah. Right. and There's also a couple other things you guys can do. Uh, there's gas apps out there. Gas Guru, Gas Buddy can help you find the cheapest fuel when you're out there driving around. And also, another tip is. Try to stay away. You know, you're not going to find the cheapest gas usually right off the interstate or the highway. You're going to mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little further off is where you're going to find usually a little cheaper gas. So you, you get
1: to see a bit of America, then, Yeah, too. a little yeah.
0: scenic route. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about this stuff, we just recently wrote a story called How to Save Money at the Gas Pump," And it's on our website at consumerreports.org. So that should be pretty helpful for you guys. Uh, speaking of, uh, we were talking about buying new cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that's going on is we're seeing, and this has been going on for several years now, mm. Loans, car loans are increasing. You know, they used to be like three years and then it was five years and now it's like six years or more uh, that people are getting to to be able to afford cars and also interest rates are going up. Mm -hmm. So Keith, like, what are some tips you would give buyers who are looking you know, to go buy a car right now, and especially if they probably need to finance the car?
1: Yeah, definitely. And and the, and the prices of cars are increasing, too. So um, what I would say, though, is do not go into a car dealership without financing in hand. If you know you have to finance, go to your local bank or your credit union. I personally use a credit union. Me too. Um, search online. Find out what interest rates are for a car. They're going to be on the bank and credit union websites uh, find the lowest ones there, uh, then go into, your, go into the dealership and start arguing or, or negotiating uh, based on the total price of the car. Because what, what's going to happen is you're going to go in and talk to the dealer and you're going to say, I can afford to spend $250 a month and they'll give you a, a, a loan that's $250 a month for 84 months. And that's what we're starting to see. And you know those loan terms are increasing. Uh, you know if you've been watching the news, you know that the banks are not your friend. Uh, and a lot of those consumer protections are kind of being rolled back a little bit too. So you got to watch out for your for yourself and advocate for yourself. Um, so go in with financing in hand um, and argue on based on the price of the car. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting if you know people always think about. You know, they think about, well, what can I do to afford this car? And so the way to, to afford a car quite often is to extend the, the, the number of years of the loan, right?
2: Yeah, I think adding, adding to what, what hmm. Keith said, you know, not only do you not tell your dealer, oh, I can afford, you know, $200 a month or something hmm. like that, the other thing you shouldn't do in, in the dealership is fall in love. Yeah. And by that, I mean, yeah. you go into the dealer thinking, my budget says Honda Fit. And then you start looking over at that Honda Pilot. You're like, wow, you know, I'd really, I'd really like a big SUV, even though my budget says small car. And, hmm. and the salesperson might look and say, we can get you into that pilot right. for 200 bucks. a month. Let's online. figure out a way, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you've got that scenario. Um, the
1: options. You know, oh, well, you know, leather, it's only another $10 a month. But sure. that's $10 spread out over an extra year. Yep. And you can end up under underwater, too. Right. That's the other big thing.
2: Yeah, the, the 60-month loan It might take you mm. 18 months of payment. Uh, before you're building any kind of equity in the car, and if you, for some reason, have to get rid of the car, you you want to to, to move on to another one. You, you, like you said, you could be underwater on your loan. You're going to owe more on the car than it's worth, yep. which is
1: a really bad position. Right.
0: To be yeah, in. you know, just as an example of, of of how much more these can cost, just in interest. You know, we have a story up on our, our you know ConsumerReports.org right now, where if you if you compare like buying a car for three years. Uh, and it's a fifteen thousand dollar car at six point five percent APR uh, annual percentage rate, which is you'd high. Be, you'd be yeah, paying four hundred sixty dollars a month, and your total interest would be fifteen hundred fifty dollars. Now, if you stretch that three year loan to five years, you'd lower the monthly payment from four sixty down to two ninety three, and that's what happens. It seems more favorable. I, I mm. can afford that, right? But you're going to double the interest to uh, you know over twenty six hundred dollars by the time your loan is done. So, I mean you know you don't want to be lured by affordable monthly payments. And basically, if if uh, if you're having to go from three years to five years just to be able to afford the car, it's that's probably not a good financial decision for you. And you should probably consider about either moving down a ca- you know a segment in your car sure. category. Or looking at a good use card. That's probably, you know, because you don't want to be stuck with this, mm-hmm. this loan for forever. Yeah, and yeah.
1: if, yeah, I'm sorry, good. Oh, yeah. If you have a bad interest rate, you can refinance. Mm-hmm. Just like with a mortgage with your, with your home, it's, it's, it's actually quite easy. I did that once where, uh, you know, I, I went into a dealer and they told me that they could give me a certain price if I financed through them. And on the way home, I stopped at my credit union and I refinanced it and I cut my payment by $20 a month. That's not insignificant. And that's money that's going in my pocket as opposed to going to, Uh, going into a bank's pocket. And we have really
2: great lists on consumerreports.org of of affordable used cars for just about every price point. Yeah, and and some stories on advice for
0: uh, new car loans uh, and leases and and advice on what you should do about that. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to uh, new cars here at the track. Uh, Recently, we borrowed some Genesis G70s from Hyundai. Uh, If you don't know, Genesis is Hyundai's luxury arm. It's been around for a few few years now. And the G70 uh, is based on the Kia Stinger. It shares the same drivetrain. It's basically the same platform. And uh, the G70 we had here is kind of like a first peek at the car to see uh, what what it's like inside. Uh, And uh, Quince, what did you think so far from what you saw of this new G70. Oh, really?
2: The G70 ticks a lot of the boxes that that we like, especially if we're car enthusiasts. I mean, you can get rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. It has turbocharged V6 and four-cylinder engines. Uh, believe it or not, an available manual transmission, yeah. which probably no one will buy. But it's still really, Don't really cool. Don't say that. You know, I'm, you know we're, we're always that's helpful. actually I think what I like best
0: about the car is that it's you actually are gonna you know save the manuals. That's what I'm all about. We're <laughs> hoping. And now it's important to note that. The, manual, the six-speed manual transmission is only will only be available on the turbo four-cylinder right. rear-wheel drive. Not you know, not the V six twin turbo or with
2: you know, right. Uh, and when, and when, you, when when you think about how much we liked driving the Stinger, really good handling, sporty, great styling. I mean, I love the way the Stinger looks. The Genesis also has great styling. So you know, we'll have to see how it drives. But but you know, based on the Stinger. Uh, I don't know my, my expectations are, are, are pretty high and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful for it yeah yeah
1: and Genesis itself as a brand is is really taken off I mean so they're they got this year the top spot in our brand ranking out of 34 different brands and um, that's just with two cars that they have um, and you know right now you'd have to go to what to a, usually have to go to a, a Hyundai dealership in order to buy one but but they're gonna open up a hundred standalone dealerships or at least they have plans to um, in the US so you don't have to you know stand in another dealership? You can just go straight to your your Genesis dealer, right. And that's yeah. a, that,
2: that's a big commitment from yeah. these dealers. Right. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's a lot of extra money. I mean, they they I'm sorry, they're they're, they're yeah. talking about it, it. It's starting in the upper upper thirty thousands and something like that. So right, you know, so it's, it's more expensive than a Kia Stinger, right? But mm-hmm.
0: it's also quite a bit nicer inside. I mean, you're it's got these beautiful leather seats. They've done a much nicer job with the standard, with the center stack. You know, mm-hmm. the controls look nicer. Um, it just has, you know, all the materials are just looks a, a really grade good. or two higher yeah. than in the Stinger. You know, it's like, it's basically what you were hoping the Genesis G70 was going to be. Like, if they took a Kia Stinger and put the Genesis stuff on it, this is what it would be like. And, you know, we, we have said that the Stinger rides a little stiff. You and I don't care because we like driving we it so like much. It. Yeah. But we're hoping that, you know, what
2: Genesis will do with this G70 is that they'll maybe give a little, little smoother ride. I mean, in, in Consumer Reports testing of, of other Genesis models, We've been you know, just blown away how nice the interiors are. The controls are typically very easy to master. Uh, and, and this one looks exactly you know, the, the same kind of high level fit and finish. And uh, I'm, again, I'm, I'm really excited about Genesis. This is a, this is a brand, I think, <clears throat> overall that really falls under the radar. And, yeah. and if you're thinking about a, a sports luxury sedan, uh, I always tell people, check out Genesis. They're think, always thinking BMW, Lexus, and Mercedes. But Genesis is really the one where you probably get a lot of value for your money.
1: And our members agree. I mean, it gets, it not only did it top the rankings, but it gets really high owner satisfaction scores. Yeah, that's a and, good point. And reliability, too. I mean, it's it's up there on reliability. Yeah. So well, it's not something you have to worry about because it's a brand you never heard of.
0: Yeah, that's based on two models. Yeah. So they've got a little advantage right now in yeah. terms of, you know, that. But it's it's sure looking good for the brand. You know, we have a video up of this car as well. Uh, with the uh, with Consumer Reports uh, dreamy Ryan Pizlkowski, <laughs> and uh, so you want to check that out too. For, Part of the for, podcast on for, for more business. information on the car. Um, that's let, how you say his last name, Pizlkowski. I've been here yeah. for
1: three months and I don't know how to say his last name. That's great. Yeah, I learned yeah. something new on on talking cars today. It's yeah. Polish. It's, oh, it's, you
0: say it just like it's spelled. Yes. I <laughs> almost want to say by a vowel, but eh, he's got that. Mm. Or no, you, you spell it just like that's from Barney Miller. Sorry, that's an old reference. It's spelled just like it sounds or something. Anyway, uh, let's move on to viewer questions. And this is actually, this is becoming, I think, one of our favorite segments of the show now because you can now send your video submissions and text messages to talkingcars at iCloud.com. So let's get right to the first one. Uh, this uh, video has to do with mid sized SUVs. I'm currently leasing a 2017. Hyundai Santa Fe Sport, which I love. It's my third Santa Fe. Uh, I'm going to take advantage of the leasing process, though, and next year, around August, when it's up, and maybe get that CX-9. I really like it. Um, But I know the new Santa Fe comes out uh, also, and that's pretty nice. And the Ford Edge is on the list.
1: What do you guys think is best?
0: So, Keith, Santa Fe, Ford Edge, Mazda CX-9. What do you think you recommend to this gentleman?
1: So I was lucky enough to get to go to the New York Auto Show and check out the new Santa Fe. So the Santa Fe Sport is actually, that name is going away. Um, What it's being replaced by is this two-row Santa Fe. uh, And it looks great. I I saw it. I sat in it. It's a good-looking car. And uh, it comes with a new 8-speed transmission. Um,
0: Replacing the 6-speed. Yeah,
1: replacing the 6-speed. 185 horsepower, 2.4 liter. Four or a turbo 232 horsepower four-cylinder. We haven't haven't had a chance to drive either one yet. Um, there's also a new diesel option, yeah. which is really, really interesting. Um, yeah. It should be a bit of a fuel saver, like the too. Like the
2: Mazda CX-5. They're uh, talking about coming out with diesel. It'll be Hyundai's
1: exactly. first
0: ever turbo diesel in yeah. the U.S. market.
1: Yeah, but these are, they're a little longer than the current Santa Fe Sport. Right. Uh, but uh, Hyundai says that they've, they've increased visibility, which is kind of a problem in modern cars. They've made the pillars thinner. Uh, they've given it better visibility all around. They've given uh, also this really cool feature. I don't know if, if this matters matters to you, but it's an interesting feature called Safe Exit Assist. I,
0: I thought that was interesting I too. think it's really yeah. cool.
1: Well, you're, you're yeah. a cyclist. Yeah. So sure. this is a thing that keeps you from opening the door in the path of an oncoming car or a bike, right. and it keeps you from getting doored or dooring. Yeah, so it's far. interesting.
0: Even if yeah. the car is currently unlocked, it mm-hmm. will not let you open the doors. It's kind of. I'm cool. sure
1: you can turn yeah. it on and off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I think it's a really cool feature. It's kind of that share of the road sort of thing. But even aside from that, I would, I would, I personally would wait to see the new Santa Fe, which should be uh, should be coming uh, this fall. Uh, just take a look at that because it's a it's a good looking car and if you've had good luck with them in the past, mm-hmm. uh, it might be time to to lease another one. That's yeah. that's my thought. What do you think, Quince?
2: Well, you mentioned the, the, the CX nine and the Ford Edge. Uh, well, our in Consumer Reports uh, CX nine. I have to tell you, I hated the seats. I mean, everybody's different. So if you're considering a CX nine, definitely take some time at the dealer and give it a test drive. For me, the seat angle never tilted up enough for my for my for my taste. I always felt like I was like falling falling out of, of, we of the We get it. Seat. You didn't like the seat. Right, didn't like the seat. The Ford Edge, uh, we, we talk about you know, cars flying under the radar. I think the Edge is one of those SUVs that doesn't get enough love from people. Yeah. Uh, it, it did decently in Consumer Reports tests. I you know, definitely felt the seats were a lot better. Uh, than the CX-9 it had better controls, better reliability. Uh, and for about the same amount of money uh, as a grand touring uh, CX-9, which goes about 43000 uh, you can get the sport model with the Ford, the Ford Edge with a 2.7 liter V6 for about mm. forty two. Two grand, so I think I would I would definitely check out the Edge. I would pass on the CX-9. Yeah, I think
0: I see where he's going with the CX-9. He didn't spell it out, but maybe he's thinking. You know, I think he thinks it looks nice, which I think it does. It's a very looking and it drives yeah. really well. So you know, if he's looking for that, yeah, it's a really good choice there. It's on the sporty side of this SUV segment, but my problem with it would be that uh, poor reliability. It actually, right. you know, it's it's suffered so far on the data we have so far. Uh, it's been much below average, uh, much worse than average. I think is our exact w- how we say it. Right. Um, so that's our new car prediction. So I would stay away from the CX-9 for that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, even though I really like driving it. You know, another. Th- I think the Ford Edge. It's on the low end of our recommended scale. Right. So he's got to know that going in. It makes the cut.
1: But yeah, yeah it definitely makes
0: the cut. And it is a very good driving vehicle. That's mm-hmm. the important thing. And another vehicle uh, to think about would be the Kia Sorento. Oh, Th-
1: yeah. That is it's ranked kind of much higher. Cousin yeah. Cousin yeah, car to the, yeah, yeah. definitely.
0: Yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. so hopefully that helps you out. Uh, let's look at another one. This one has to do with uh, truck transmission, specifically the 2018 Ford F-150, and it's 10-speed automatic. So let's take mm-hmm. a look at that.
1: I'm sitting in my 2018 F-150 with a 10-speed transmission, and I have a question regarding the smoothness of it. A friend of mine has a Chevy Silverado with, I believe, a 9-speed transmission, and it seems that I would expect a higher number of gears transmission to be smoother than the traditional but i feel like especially in slow range driving or when you're taking it easy through town it's less smooth than i expect so i'm just curious if it's a brand difference or if these new 10 speed transmissions are just trying to do too much to find the right gears and that's just what we're going to be living with
0: okay so This gentleman has noticed uh, a little bit of roughness in his 2018 F-150, the 10-speed automatic. And honestly, we've noticed that same thing, too. Mm. In low-speed driving, sometimes, our F-150 has a little bit of a, a clunk, especially when you're kind of coming to a stop. It's nothing terrible. right? And usually, the transmission works just fine. But so he sounds like he's noticed something similar to that. Uh, he also mentions a Chevy Silverado with a nine speed automatic transmission. I'm not sure what he's talking about there. His buddy, it's probably an eight speed automatic. Right. Chevy, the new Silverado is coming out with a 10 speed automatic, the same one actually as the F 150. But the real crux of the question is he thinks that, you know, it's, these, it's the fact that he thought more gears would be make Smother. for a smoother. Yeah. And that really doesn't have anything to do with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, if anything, we've noticed because these, they've come out with so many of these new, you know, eight nine 10 speed automatic transmissions a lot of them haven't been great you know from the get-go it's taken them a little time to work the kinks out and, definitely you know I, I mean I think of uh, you know the
1: Toyota Highlander, And uh, the Toyota
0: Sienna. The Sienna.
1: We had some real complaints about the the transmissions. And those Those are eight speeds. And it was kind of when that was sort of a new thing for Toyota. I just drove the new Avalon. The 2019 Avalon. The 2019 Avalon, Mm -hmm. which has an eight speed. And they finally figured it out, at least in the limited driving that I did. uh, It felt really smooth. And all of our other testers kind of felt the same way. Sometimes it just takes a while for uh, you know, the it, it a lot of it is software right. programming right. I was just and, gonna say. and programming where those shift points are, and sometimes there can even be like a technical service bulletin on. Uh, I don't know about this car particularly, but some cars you might be able to go to the dealership and they can reprogram it.
2: Right. You you, you um, complain about it. I mean, yeah. And and, and and you know, going along the same lines of multi-speed transmissions, uh, we had you know pretty pretty bad experiences with the new Cherokee, right. uh, the Jeep Renegade with their nine-speed yep. automatic. Oh. Uh, it always seemed confused. It always seemed to not. Be in the gear that you wanted it to be in. Uh, it, it just you know more more gears yeah. don't don't always make it better. And,
1: and when this first came out, there was a delay trying to get that nine speed right uh, ready for prime time.
2: And maybe yeah. one of the one of the problems with these multi-speed transmissions is the gears are always trying to get into the highest gear to try to save
1: gas. Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
0: So yeah, I mean that's part of it. Is it is it they end up shifting a lot right. because they have so many gears. Uh, and what you want is for you really not to feel those shifts. But mm-hmm. some of them, you are feeling them. So I mean, they're still working on it. But again, that Avalon is a good example of, of that is an evolution of mm-hmm. the same transmission that's in the Highlander and the Sienna. And it's gotten better. You oh, know, yeah. It's still not perfect, but right. it's getting better. And so they can do it. They just It just takes a little uh, R&D to, to make it happen. Yeah, we haven't had any experience yet with the new Silverado, but looking forward to it. Right. Uh, you know, let's move on to another video submission. And think of this one as kind of like, our goodbye to winter, because this is uh, from a viewer in Canada, and it has to do with <laughs> snow tires. And you know, in some parts, some parts of the world, it's still you know spring hasn't e- really even hit that hard yet. So, like uh, in New England. Yeah. Like <laughs> in New England. Uh, but anyway, so let's take a look at uh, his question related to snow tires.
1: Hey guys, at Talking Cars, is Darren calling from uh, Canada? First, the uh, you know about these new all terrain or all weather tires. Gotta say you know, the manufacturer says they put a winter, a winter snowflake on them and they say these are uh winter tires. I could tell you that they're not, but I want to get back to what your recommendations are. And what you guys talk about is, uh, you know, I've always run the studless Blizzaks or the, uh, Michelin Ice, and they've always been an amazing tire. You guys always highly recommend them, but, uh, you also recommend studded tires, but you never put the two head-to-head head against each other. So my question to you is, what's better? The best studless tire or the best
0: studded tire? Okay, so first, uh, this guy knows his snow tires, uh, you know. He's the, Canadian. Well, he, yeah. knows his, he knows his, he's Canadian, knows snow tires. You know, he, he's, two of the ones that he really likes are also at the top of our ratings list. You know, the Bridgestone Blizzak and the Michelin Ice. So this guy knows his snow tires. He also noticed uh, that the, the all-weather tire Uh, You know, is not as good as a snow or winter tire, and so that's that's what we found in most of our testing as well. You know, the all weather tire is is usually better than an all season tire in snowy conditions and icy conditions. But this
1: is this is a new kind of for people who might not know about this. This is a new kind of tire, right?
0: And it's a very it's a limited you know uh, limited um, segment so far, Mm -hmm. but it's it might be growing, Uh, and so it's they're better than all season tires in snow. But they're not as good as winter, you know, a dedicated winter snow tire in snow and ice. The benefit to them is that you know you can drive them year round, where you don't you don't want to drive a snow tire year round. Right. Um, but his it seems like his real question is, you know, should he go with studded snow tires versus you know the best winter snow tires?
2: And you've introduced this this piece and haven't even made one stud joke. So that's I. I, I I praise you for You're that. looking Good right job. here. You're looking yeah. right here, buddy. <laughs> studs are no studs? Said. Enough studs said. are no studs, okay? Yeah. What do you say? Keith? So, wh-
0: <laughs> Yeah, so um, you know, the benefit to studded tires is uh, is is better traction usually in icy conditions or really hard packed snow. So, but the downside is you're going to hear that click 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 yep. all the time. It's harder on the roads, it's harder on your driveway. So, uh, you know, usually we would say go with one of the best winter snow tires like what he's using already uh, unless you drive uh, much of your winter in you know uh, really icy conditions, really severe conditions, uh, or with a lot of packed snow. Otherwise, um, it's really just best just to go yeah. with the dedicated. If it's you no work pattern. at a
1: ski lodge, you're gonna get those studded tires. But otherwise, just standard winter tires is good enough, right? Does, doesn't yeah. everyone
2: in Canada work in a ski lodge? I,
1: I, yeah, no. it's it's the national I percent I, I, of the economy. I would
0: love to work at a ski lodge. Sure. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, you know, as always, you can click on the links in the show notes to learn more about the cars we talked about. Uh, And as always, uh, we appreciate you watching and uh, we'll see you next week.